If an apple a day keeps the doctor away, what about planting an apple tree each year? Immortality? Omniscience? I guess I'll just have to find out. Welcome to the Nature of Phenology, where we share the cycles and seasons of the outdoors. I'm your host, Hazel Stark, and this episode was written by Joe Horn. I can't tell you my favorite fruit, because I simply don't have one, but I can tell you what the best fruit is with zero hesitation. The apple. It's not that the apple is the most flavorful, most unique, or offers the finest texture. It's just all around the best. Great flavor, a perfect balance of sweet and tart, and versatility. From jellies, butters, and chutneys, to pies, breads, cakes, soups, and stews, apples basically fit everywhere. Some of my favorite people top their mac and cheese with applesauce, and you know what? It's great. Of course it is, because it includes apples, which are, as I have mentioned, indisputably the best fruit. But like so many good things, it takes a bit of work to get those apples from tree to culinary endeavor. So aside from planting season, perhaps one of the most critical times in the apple orchardist's calendar is pruning season. To be fair, pruning is neither unique to apple cultivation nor truly essential for the health and well-being of an apple tree. Many, but not all, fruit trees benefit from a yearly pruning to ensure a reliable crop of their fruit, but the trees will grow happily enough at their own pace and in their own shape without human intervention. But if you have high hopes of piles of pies or a stock of sauce, right now during the seasonal interlude between winter and spring is time to get serious about pruning those apple trees. There are many good reasons why functionally and biologically it makes sense to prune at this time. For one, it makes the job easier for the orchardist. With the tree entirely devoid of leaves and fruit, one can step back and see the structure of the branches. From a biological perspective, pruning reduces a tree's cold tolerance for several weeks. So now that we are in warmer weather, the risk of cold damage to a freshly pruned tree is minimized. Lastly, when in winter dormancy, the tree is storing the bulk of its nutrients. So when spring finally does spring, the flood of stored nutrients can go to growing the portions of the tree remaining. Were you to wait until after leaf pop, you would effectively be pruning these diligently stored nutrients and all the effort that went into growing would become a heap of prunings. There are a few different approaches to pruning this time of year, so I won't dive into the specifics. But in essence, the goals are mostly the same. Remove dead or diseased portions of the tree, open up the crown of the tree so that light and air can make their way through the branches, and keep the tree at a manageable height. There are some important guidelines for safe and effective pruning. You need to be sure that your tools, be they clippers or saws, are very sharp and clean. Dirty, scraggly, torn branch nubs heal poorly and expose the tree to infection. With tools prepped and a pruning plan in mind, it's time to cut. For trimming big limbs, it is usually prudent to remove the bulk of the limb but for a couple feet sticking off the tree initially, then come back to remove the rest on a subsequent cut. This helps prevent the bark from tearing away down to the trunk when the limb drops. Also note the shape of how the branch grows out of a tree. There is a little donut of tissue that bulges around the branch. Avoid cutting any of that lump of tissue. Accidentally doing so will result in a severe delay to healing and expose more of the tree to infection. This is also a good time to be looking for brown tail moth winter nests to avoid the rash and respiratory distress these invasive caterpillars can cause in a few months. 
the Maine Forest Service has information online about what to look for and how to do this. With the spring equinox just around the corner, you could heap up all those branches, get a burn permit, and set them ablaze to celebrate the start of spring. Not only does this burn away potential disease that could spread across your orchard, but it also helps usher in the season of growth and renewal that surrounds us from here until midsummer. You can download this episode and find a link to the transcript and more, including a link to brown tail moth information, by visiting archives.weru.org. Thanks for listening, and please join us next week for another dive into the nature of phenology.